is your kid behaving badly in some way? How would you handle that in a way that strengthens your relationship? Welcome to the What Could Go Right podcast. I am Eric. I'm Emily. And we talk about personal growth, family connection, and raising adult kids because we want to help you through this complex but kind of exciting period of life. So today we wanted to talk, well first of all, before um, because this is a new podcast, please, please, please subscribe. We want you to be able to catch all the episodes as they come out and as we're just getting going, we're not running and we don't plan to run any ads or anything like that. So if you'll rate it, review it, and even share it, that would be amazing. And the other thing is I'll say if you haven't already booked your free discovery call slash strategy session or mini session, we've called it a lot of different things, click on our website and get that going on because you deserve to know what's possible in your life and we'd love to help you make those discoveries. So, okay, with that said, Emily, we're talking about when our kids behave badly. So this past week, um, I got a call from Eric and he- where were you? you I were... was in the UPS. I was in the parking lot outside of UPS. Yeah. Running errands. He was like, I know I had cash in my wallet. I specifically like had counted it out this morning, and now there's no cash there. And we were trying to think what could have possibly happened. And he had left it on the table, unattended, in our home. And our youngest daughter... The day prior or that... That morning, that morning, I was yeah. there, and and so he was like, is it possible that in that 20-minute overlap while she was hanging out in the living room and my wallet was on the table, that she took the money out of my wallet? And Lily is 15, and she has Down syndrome, and so she might behave in a way that doesn't always make sense for her age. Um And so I asked her, I said, hey, did you take any money out of dad's wallet? And she got up immediately. It was like, there was no like hiding or sneaking at that point. She just got up and like stuffed her hand into the corner of the couch and pulled out these, all these dollar bills. And, and I said, okay, yeah, no, she knows about it. We have it. And so that was clear. And then I just talked with her a little more and I was like, it seems like you want money because this is the third time it's happened. Not from you, but she's taken money out of my wallet and her teachers were like, hey, Lily brought your money to school today and also out of her brother's room. And so we're kind of like, what's going on here? She's, she's never really seen a value to money before and so this is new. And I said, it looks like you want some money. What do you want money for? Like, what would you do if you had money? And she told me how at school, the teacher's assistant will sometimes take orders for lunch. And even though the kids can obviously just eat in the cafeteria, she will go to like a local fast food restaurant and just like buy what they want and bring it back to the school for them if they give her cash. And and she she was like, and you never give me money and you should share your money with your daughter and I realized you should share your money with your daughter yeah you should share your money with your daughter and so never heard that from your kids (laughs) you should share your money with me and so we talked a little bit about it and I said I know it's hard to tell that we are sharing money with you because you don't see the dollar bills change hands 
if we buy furniture or buy clothes or buy food, you see points. You, it's like the internet. You don't see it anywhere, right? And so um, I was able to reiterate that, you know, we don't take other people's belongings. And if you would like some money, we want to support you in figuring out a way for you to exchange adding value to the world or whatever for getting some money. Because Anyway, so the main thing is I didn't know why she was doing it and I knew it was wrong, but I didn't want to dive straight into a lecture or a high-tense emotional situation. Um, I wanted to take a moment to dig a little deeper and find out what is going on. Because the first time I was just like, hey, you know, it's not appropriate to take things that belong to other people. And this time I was like, this is serious. You, there's been a shift here. You now care about money and I'd love to understand more about why. <laughs> yeah. And I think this led to a discussion between Emily and I, because I came home and I'm like, you know, obviously it was nice. She'd taken almost $50 and 50, you know, $50 is nice to have back. So that was good. But I think once we realized that Lily really wanted it, why she wanted it, and that there was kind of a disconnect between what she wanted and how to get it, or the appropriate way to get it, rather, we realized, oh, okay, she's wanting to grow into adulthood here. She's wanting to be in a situation where she can say, I want Chick-fil-A, or I want... Crown um, Burger. Crown Burger, or I want... so You know, whatever it is, that she has the means to get it. And that is a good, healthy thing. We want our kids to grow into responsibility. We want them to grow into capability. And on the surface, it's like, oh, Lily's a thief. Lily's destiny. She loves that word, right? She, like if I, if I borrow a sweatshirt from her, she's like, sweatshirt thief. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and also it's with her speech, it's always comes out thief. Yeah. But so the, so, you know, on the surface, you could say Lily is a thief, but in reality, she's a teenage girl wanting to grow into adult situations with capabilities and responsibilities. And so once we realized that I was like, Oh, you want money. Let's talk about the appropriate ways to get money. And that's, and Emily brought up an idea that we've kicked around for a while. Lily's a really amazing painter. In fact, if you want to go grab her painting, we can show one. She's so free with color and she's so just, she has fun with, with painting. So we've talked about, this is um, such a classic like parent thing to do. <laughs> if you are just listening to this, it's vibrant yeah. watercolor, just filling the whole page, but with motion and anyway, we love these. Yeah. So check, check it out on YouTube if you want to see the actual painting by Lily. But um, Emily's had this idea of Lily could paint silk scarves that are a product that she can sell. And so we started to get into this conversation of, oh, Lily, if you want money, there are a couple ways you can get money. You can go get a job and you can exchange your time and value and somebody will pay you for that. You can also um, create a business where you provide a product like if we had these, you know, painted scarves or your business could also be a service, you know, where you babysit or you... Um, you know, any number of things. And so all of a sudden we're getting into a, into a really productive place where we're talking about how Lily can grow in her own, um, she can mature into this space. And so for me, what it meant was, you know, this is, 
in a very simplified way. Lily is a, a sweet, innocent girl who sometimes she can be devious. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> mischievous. Mischievous. Yeah. But she wants a good thing. And I realize that this probably happens for all of us as parents and also in adult kids um, in other ways. And so, you know, we want to just take a few minutes today to talk about how the surface behavior is oftentimes symptomatic of a deeper issue that actually deserves a lot of compassion and empathy and how can we address those issues so that so that we address the the the, the core issue and then the behavior will change accordingly well the first thing that really works for me is not bringing tension into the situation and I can tell you that whenever I bring tension, when I let my emotions escalate really quickly and I start making assumptions, then the ability to communicate and find out what's actually going on and to connect in any way is greatly diminished. And so if I can set aside you know, tension and kind of put on my uh, curious hat, you know, just try to think like, what's really going on here? then I'm going to be a lot more likely to be able to make some of those connections. One of the things I have learned for sure is that mind reading does not work. <laughs> what am I thinking, Emily? I know. Um, um, I have my hands close to your head and I cannot tell at all what you're I thinking. I love you. I love you. That's <laughs> what I'm thinking. But I have had a real problem in this area in the past and hopefully this doesn't resonate for you or sound familiar but maybe it does and that is where it's almost like a game where I think I can put all of the pieces together based on the body language and the tone of voice and the circumstances that I'm aware of and I can figure out what is going on right now not only what you're doing but why you're doing it you know especially like for my children or my spouse and um, it never works. It never builds connection. <laughs> I'm not always wrong, um, but that's not the kind of, not the way you want to be right. I could say like, oh, I have some assessments to myself, but let me set those aside and ask these living, breathing, wonderful human beings in front of me what's actually going on in, in their minds. And that's going to get me... Not only am I going to get more quality information, but we're going to have a connection. And the idea is, just like we are sitting on the same side of the table right now, like it puts me parallel to my child or to my husband, and then we can be opposite the problem together. We're working shoulder to shoulder. And I'm just going to go, I'm going to kind of like go from PG to PG-13 here in these, in kind of this topic, um, <laughs> raising the eyebrows. I, no I just idea think, what's about to happen. Well, just to kind of Can't say what mind. kind of examples might, what kind of behaviors might, might we be talking about? Like a very, another sort of innocent example might be when I was a teenager, before mm -hmm. I turned 16, when I was Lily's age, mm -hmm. I would steal my parents' car, for lack of a better, you know, like... I mean, that's what you did. You took the car without I asking. I took the car without permission, and usually I would do it early in the morning to help deliver my newspapers. How many times did you do that? Because newspapers used to exist back then. Um, how many times? I only remember the times I got caught. <laughs> and so that was maybe once or twice, but probably more often than that. Um, and so I was doing a good thing, but I wanted to expand into this role of responsibility and I wanted to have this capability as 
you know, this freedom that comes with, with trust and, and, and I, you know, like a credential, I guess. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one, but I think that my parents could look at that and say, oh, that's a bad behavior. But what it is, is Eric wants to be autonomous. He wants to be in charge of his life. He wants to take control. He, in this case, literally wants to be in the driver's seat of his own life. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing, mm-hmm. I think, as a parent. Um, but we'll see, so we'll see symptomatic behavior, or we'll see behaviors, like it could be, um, it could be lying and deceit. It could be, when, in older kids, I think it can be, it can be substance abuse. It can be... Um, it can be just like, emotional outbursts or even the opposite of that where they just like completely withdraw and turn away and don't share anything. I mean, I think, I think this is where like to go to the far end of the spectrum, this is when we see things like drug abuse or pornography use or infidelity or things like that. Those are all symptomatic of very underlying pain points for the person and their bad behavior is symptomatic of that. It's a coping strategy, an escape of some kind. And so our daughter um, shared an example with us. She's on a mission right now in Nauvoo and she's talking about all these groups that come through and she gives tours and there was this group of teenagers and one boy was just super obnoxious. And I won't give you all the details, but he was, he was obnoxious enough that she knew it. Everybody around him knew it in terms of teens, the, the, the adults with him knew it and as I heard this story on the heels of this conversation about Lily I thought this kid is probably really obnoxious and as an adult I would say I'd kind of want to maybe smack him down and somehow like kind of like try to correct his behavior but what I realized is this kid's probably really insecure for some reason he doesn't like himself he doesn't trust himself or he doesn't feel safe in the world. And so I feel like the underlying issue is how do we, how does this kid feel secure? How does he gain self-confidence? How does he feel stable in his life, in his world? And then that manifests as just better behavior. And so that goes back to, I think your points of what you're saying is the initial reaction is, oh, I want to like, you know, kind of like slap this kid down. I want to and, control the behaviors. I want, and I, and which is introducing tension, which is right. the opposite of what you're saying. And trying to say, I'm going to come at you from a adversarial way, which is rather than saying, let's get on the same side of this and saying, you know, why, why do you feel like you need to behave this way? Help me understand. And so, yeah. And he might not, he know, may not and, know that. And that's the disconnect that you're talking about. Like really at any age, we're constantly, um, coming up against a a new edge of our comfort zone or new demands are being placed on us or new stresses, whether it's, oh, now I'm leaving for college or um, I'm not sure how to handle the dating scene or this class is way too hard for me or I don't have the support system that I'm used to or I don't know how to communicate my needs um, or I'm so caught up in distraction that I don't, I'm not in touch with myself at all as far as knowing, identifying what my needs might be and then trying to meet them. And it it just, like you said earlier, bad behavior always manifests this disconnect between the situation we're in and what we think our ability is to handle that situation. Yeah, so I think, and to just come home to your final two points, which are one, um, the older... The older our kids get, the more we need to respect their agency. They are going to be making their choices and we're, we can be an influence in their life, but we can't 
tell them what to do. We can't force them. And so respecting their agency. And then also, I think, making sure that we're always filling the reservoir of the relationship in terms of showing love, showing... Um, interest, attention. Interest, attention. You know, all those things, the giving part that helps them realize that we do love them and that that's going to be the, the real thing that opens their heart and mind to any kind of influence that we might have in their life. And yeah, you don't have influence without having that ongoing influence without having that relationship reservoir full and um, I think one of the, the things that can is the easiest way to fill this reservoir is by always giving encouragement and gratitude and like hey thanks for calling thanks for texting I think you've got what it takes I believe in you I support you let me know how it goes I'm always here to listen like little comments like that yeah. go a long way. And if you do that and then are not simultaneously pairing it up with some kind of advice they didn't ask for, um, that's really powerful. But if you have that reservoir full and your kid's in a struggle like this, you can say, hey, what do you think is going on here? I'd love, I'd love to understand better. I'd love to help. I'm on your team. Um, and they and they open up to you. Thank you for opening up. Thank you for trusting me with this. I really care about you. I have some ideas or experience. Would you like to hear? And when you put that little magic question in front of any counsel you may have, you respect their agency. Give them the opportunity to say yes or no. If they say no, that's the hard part. You back away. If they say yes, then they're ready to listen. And yeah, and that's what we, yeah, that's our, pre if you want to go back and listen to a previous episode about how to get your kids to take your advice, that's, <laughs> set it up, you set gave, yourself you up for success. Gave a real good recap there. Anything else you want to make sure we talk about before we wrap it up? Um, I guess just going back to these points that anytime there's like what we might call bad behavior, it's an opportunity to learn something. It's a, it's a red flag saying, Hey, there's more to know about this situation um, don't try to read minds. Tension makes it harder to communicate. Get on the same side of the table. Um, assume, if you're going to assume anything, assume the best and then ask questions with the desire to understand, respect their agency and fill the reservoir. Those are my takeaways. Yeah. Good stuff. So we'd love to know if this is helpful. We said at the beginning, we don't run ads on this. You might actually see an ad for Lily's silk scarves. Uh, <laughs> but um, wow. otherwise, feel free to you know, rate, give us some stars, uh, a review, and uh, certainly subscribe so you can catch upcoming episodes as they, they drop weekly. And also, again, if you have not uh, signed up for your free strategy session or discovery call yet, please do that. We'll just chat for 30 minutes and... Yeah, and I'm trying to think, go to our website, theawesomefactory.nyc forward slash strategy session. That's where you'll find available times. And so um, they're going quickly, especially because we're doing a fair bit of traveling in the near future. And so we've only got a few slots available. We'd love to chat with you and hopefully be helpful in you discovering what's possible in your life. So thanks for joining us on the What Could Go Right podcast.